0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today, uh, this is going to be a fun interview. We're talking with Brendan Hufford and he is a marketing and business veteran who uh, has since his first project in 2011, he's, uh, he's founded and sold multiple businesses. In 2018, he founded SEO for the rest of us and is currently the SEO director at Click Studios and Brendan is passionate about helping businesses get more revenue and profit from their website through SEO and I can, I think, go a little bit beyond that um, and say, that he's the guy that, that I turn to when it comes to SEO. Um, and he's got tons of resources online. We're going to talk about where to find those in a little bit. Uh, but he's uh, one of the few people that I think can make this really complicated topic clear. And we're going to get that done today. So Brendan, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO.
1: Steve, thanks so much for having me. I'm stoked.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, um, mostly because we're going to get to geek out on marketing for a little while, and, and that's never a bad thing, at least for me. Um, so tell us a little bit beyond what we just covered in the bio. Tell us a little bit about you and, and how you got to the stage of your career.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it all started when I was in college. You know, For some reason, we allow 18-year-olds to be like the worst venture capitalists ever and like take on, or you know, the worst startup founders ever and take on a bunch of debt uh, to go down a path that they have no idea whether it's gonna work or not. Um, so at 18, I did that. I sat in the uh, college kind of like in my, basically in my dorm room and just like looked through the course catalog. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just be a teacher. Like that sounds good. Just because that's what kind of struck me at the moment, and it's like, well, I like school and stuff. Uh, and at eighteen, like at a point in my life when nobody really trusted me to do anything, uh, I decided to do that. And I went through college and became a teacher, successfully. And a couple of years into teaching, I was just like, I don't know if this is it. Like this is not. They, I was not trained for this. And I started kind of just like really putting my like just working. Uh, and then having my life outside of work, like most people do, where it's just like, I, you know, you know, it's called work for a reason. And I started really pursuing my passion of Brazilian Jitsu, And uh, I was just answering a lot of questions on forums and things. And very organically, I just decided like, I'm going to start my own website on this topic. So I was just putting out so much content on these forums, like answering everybody's questions about whatever and started my own website. And one day, some guy just emailed me and this is Uh, like I said, around 2010, 2011, some guy emailed me and was like, Hey, if I send you a bunch of free stuff, will you write about it on your website? And I said, sure. Like I love free stuff. So I I got a bunch of free gear and I wrote about it and that kept happening more and more and more. And I said, why don't I just make a website where I just review gear, uh, and make this like a little, a little business or a way to get free stuff. So I never have to pay for any of this again, because uniforms in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu are like $200. They're very expensive. Um, and I did that and I did that. And then I realized that for like $50, these companies would invest $50 in a uniform and the shipping of getting it to me. I would make all this media, a blog post, a video, um, podcasts, like just tons of assets for them. And they would end up selling like a hundred uniforms, which would net them like $20,000. They would literally pay me, like they would invest 50 bucks, pay me no money and make like 10 to 20 grand. And I was like, all right, this, the, the, the economics of this are off. So I talked to some friends. I figured out importing and exporting and got contacts in China and Pakistan because that's the only place we don't have the uh, physical machines to like make the material anymore in the United States. They were gone a long time ago when the manufacturing went overseas. And I figured out like all of that stuff and started my own brand and grew that and grew that. And the whole time I'm still teaching. I was an assistant principal for a little bit. Um, just struggling. I, you know, we had, I think, two kids. Now we're around about 2015, 2016, and I have two kids, and I'm just drowning. I just didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't know what it's going to take to take this business full time. I don't know, like, how I'm going to do it. I saw a couple friends had their uh, jujitsu companies fail because, like, one guy's factory in Pakistan flooded, and he had to like mortgage his house to pay bills, and it just freaked me out. So. I just decided like, these are profitable businesses. The review website was going great. The apparel company was going great, but it's just time to sell. So uh, a friend of mine gave me really good advice. He's like, why don't you just sell it and take a break for a little bit and figure out what you want to do next? So I did that. Um, And that sounds really clean and easy. It wasn't, it was messy. It's really hard to sell a business emotionally, uh, especially for me when it was something that was like based in my passion. Uh, I was really selling a part of myself. But getting through that and taking a break, I realized that I had a really strong skill set in marketing. That's what I was really good at. And a lot of other people were more passionate about jujitsu and better at jujitsu than I was. Um, But I was just really passionate about telling stories and creating a brand. So I had a couple friends that were uh, photographers and they said, hey, we need help with SEO and marketing. I helped them. We produced some really stellar case studies for them. And I was kind of just growing my own little kind of consultancy or age, I guess agency because it was just me uh, or consultancy because it was just me. And uh, another friend was just like, hey, like, why don't, you, why don't you just go work at an agency and do both and not have, live this double life of like teacher plus marketer and have all of this stuff. So, uh, you know, about two years ago, uh, as of today, like I took a position as the SEO director at Click Studios here in Chicago as the head of SEO at our Chicago office. and. Um, I really haven't looked back. I've just been doubling down on teaching. You, you know, leveraging the ten years I have as a teacher to teach everything that I know.
0: Yeah, and um, you're you're doing that with a, a vengeance right now as we record this because you're you're in the midst of of what you're calling the hundred days of of SEO, which is mm-hmm. uh, I believe you're publishing a video every day for a hundred days, and I know what it takes to do that, and that's a ton of work and. Uh, and so, you know, kudos to you for taking it on. Uh, you really are teaching a ton of stuff, though, uh, not just there and in, in, in other places. Um, but, you know, as, as you describe the, the kind of journey that you went through and, um, you know, building a business and then selling it and, and going through all of that and, and then deciding to, to sort of instead of immediately go and, and roll all the dice on, on the next business, you know, go and work in this this field where you wanna start the next business. Um, with all of the kind of ups and downs that have happened along the way, how do you sort of stay focused and stay unstoppable?
1: That's a great question. Um, there's a Steve Jobs quote, and it, here's the thing, like the short answer is, um, I don't know, day to day. It's hard, uh, it's really, really difficult. Um, I think what I've noticed is that a lot of self-awareness and like self-reflection has been helpful. Uh, There's a Steve Jobs quote where he talks about how you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you just kind of have to keep going and just know that somehow in your future, these dots will connect. Um, Looking back into my past and my wife's been a great kind of person to help me put things together that like I'm a is like my nature, like I'm wired for resilience like she always says like it's so weird that you never like gave up like i was always steve i'll put it to you this way i was always the worst kid that made varsity sports i would make the team i wouldn't get cut but i was i never like got to play i was just the worst person on the team and it was so it she's just like i would have just quit and i'm like yeah i don't know why i didn't and like when i bought my first jujitsu geese and the colors bled everywhere and it was all of my money. It was like 2,500 bucks, which was all my money at the time. Um, I was just like, I don't know. We're just going to keep going. And she's like, you're not going to just shut it down and do something else. I'm like, no, like that'd be crazy. Uh, So like, I think part of it is just this nature. I have to be extremely resilient, but sorry, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say that. I mean, I hate to make it that simple, but that's a huge that's a huge secret right there is just keep going. You just wake up the next day and go again.
1: Yeah, I've been lucky to have a lot of like mentors um, in my life and surround myself. I find like creative ways, uh, like having my own podcast, the Entrepreneurs and Coffee podcast to talk to really smart people and get life lessons from them. Um, and then also just like really on a day-to-day basis, surrounding myself with people that encouraged me to keep going. Um, I think a thing that I I've done a really bad job of I guess we could call it self care or whatever uh, I've done a really bad job at that for a long time and I really focused on the work I just kind of said like I don't know what the results are going to be but I know they'll take care of themselves when I just keep doing what I need to do if I kind of like with the hundred days of SEO I don't know like how many clients I'm going to get I don't know how many people buy my SEO course I don't know any of these things um, but I do know that if I put out a prolific amount of content over the next five or six months, that it's going to be really hard to ignore. And I know that good will come of it. So instead of focusing on like all of these other metrics on end goal metrics, I'm just going to focus on the work. So a lot of it has been that. And just by focusing on the work and attaching my emotions to the work, the thing I can control and not the results, which I so often cannot, um, it saves me from like, you know, it saves off a lot of like emotional roller coaster and emotional ups and downs that you would experience when you are emotionally attached to the results.
0: You know, I, th- that distinction, that separation that you you just talked about between sort of the process and the results, I think is is probably one of the most impactful things that. Um, and you may not have known it when you said it, but but that we've covered on the podcast um, and. I had a similar experience when I started this podcast because I, I actually delayed for probably a good two or three months. I'd had one before um, and I delayed, you know, restarting partly because I, I knew how much work it was and I, I knew I needed to put a team in place. Um, but, but partly because in that, that few months, I couldn't clearly see the results that, would, that were going to come from it. And I finally just decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. And over the course of the year, I'm going to talk to 52 people because we publish weekly. Um, and I could, you know, if we did more than that, I'd talk to more people. But I'm going to talk to at least 52 people who are intelligent and interesting. And if I think carefully about the relationships that I wanted to create with it, um, then I know that, that it's going to be good for the business. I don't know how yet, but I know it's going to be good for the business. And, and so I just, I committed. I said, I'm going to do it. And now I've, I've kind of now am at the point where, look, I'm just committed to this for the next decade. You know, every week I'm going to be here because I know, I don't know what's coming, but I know something's coming and I know it's going to be really good. You know, um, it's really hard to do that though for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. It's not easy for me either. Like I've spent the I mean, if we can just have like a real honest, transparent conversation, like I've, I spend weeks and even like the last week, like right on the edge of tears for no reason, just like right on the edge of just like losing it constantly. And that's not good. That's not healthy, but that is what happens when you don't take care of yourself. And that is what happens when your Google calendar has like the only open space in your Google Calendar is a thirty-minute block on like Tuesday afternoon, but otherwise you're literally <laughs> minute to minute blocked all week. Like, that's really great for like organizing yourself and staying productive and everything, but you also like lose your mind a little bit. And and I don't I don't say that lightly. Um, it, it's been like really hard. There have been really hard stretches. There was. Uh, a period of time where I had built up like certain goals in my mind, like financial goals and professional goals in my mind to be this end all be all. And I didn't even realize it when I was doing it, cause it was so motivating. And then what I realized was when I achieved th- those goals, um, I was just like, what's next? You know, like people have, we make up these numbers cause we have to realize like we come from a culture uh, globally that loves the even round numbers of like tens. So <laughs> getting your first 10 K in business, then getting to a hundred K a year. Than getting to a million a year, like what's the if you built up in your head like getting to a million dollars in like new business in a year is is the goal, like what are you gonna what's gonna motivate you to go from like a million to one point one million, like all of a sudden you get there and when you realize that it is hollow and you realize that like there's nothing there for you and all of your insecurities are still there and all your problems are still there like nothing changed. Um, that can be really hard and it can definitely slam on the brakes for a little bit. And what was really helpful for me was just like taking a step back, focusing on what actually mattered. What did I actually want to do? What did I actually need to do? uh, And just make smarter business decisions, getting people in my life. There's a a guy named Nick Eubanks who runs a really incredible agency uh, out of Philadelphia. And he's been really, really helpful with me. Uh, just like talking through some things, he's got like a program for it. It's called seven figure agency, but like the content in there, you'd think like seven figure agency would be all about like, here's how you pitch clients and here's how you close people. But literally the first month we spent on like, what matters to you? How do you want to spend your day? What is your high leverage activities? Things like that, that you, you might not, that are not like typically talked about and tend to get glossed over, but have really been like the big, um, levers that I've pulled that have been helpful.
0: It's it's so interesting. We get into these businesses and we often don't do that upfront thinking, like the the deeper thinking about what am I really trying to build here? We just start building, you know, and it it's like we would show up, you know, to build the Empire State Building with um, some tools and a bunch of steel and no set of plans and see what we end up with, um, yeah. you know, and – uh, and and I think that's the reason why a lot of business owners have a really bad experience in business. So they get into it, you know, after a little while, and and um, you know, and realize, hey, wait, what did I just build? What am I dealing with here? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, know?
1: you uh, yeah, it'd be like the archi- you know, the architect who designed the Empire State Building, like being the one out there that's like, no, I'm gonna be the one that puts in the rivets and the bolts. Like, n- no, like you shouldn't be. Not just you shouldn't be doing that. I don't want to give callous advice of like, you just need to hire because that's a really hard thing to do, to hire the right people. But um, I think starting to understand what your high, like, for example, something I've realized in the last six months uh, in my work at Click Studios is the SEO director is that the highest leverage activity that I can do, um, while the core of my job is getting results for our clients, the best thing I can do within the organization is education the best thing I can do is make sure that everybody understands how to use data in the work that we do, how to use like, uh, how to have like a really good understanding of how, what the SEO impacts are of a website redesign, you know, and that education is like the biggest thing that I need to focus on versus like, did I send outreach emails to like, for like a link building campaign? So it's been things like, like really understanding, like, what can I do that'll be the catalyst to move this whole ship forward? versus like, am I sitting in my seat, like rowing the oars with everybody else?
0: Well, I feel like to get even to that level of insight, it requires practice, you know, in in the professions, they call it, you know, the practice of law or the practice of medicine, um, because you're showing up, you're doing it every day, and the act of doing it, it, in and of itself creates the expertise. The expert. It's not that. Yes, there's expertise through education and all of that, and there's a baseline level, but really mastery comes from the doing rather than just from the learning. Um, and and I think you begin to see where you know, like in your case, okay, I've been doing this for a little while. I now am really clear about where I have the biggest impact, and you can't necessarily see it until you've done it for a bit.
1: Mm -hmm. and made a lot of mistakes too like i'm not a big there's a lot of like uh like startup kind of phrases around like move fast and break things and fail fast (laughs) and fail early and it's like hey that's really cool rich white guy who's got a billion dollars in venture capital and all the like structural advantages in the world like really cool that you can give that kind of advice but most of like most people can't move fast and break things cuz when they break things bad things happen yep. you know like all of these things that we tell people like fail often like no try not to try not to fail too much but like just the the message gets switched and it's like failure is not a is not something you know, the more times I fail, it means I'm closer to success. No, it not always. (laughs) That's not how that works where you just screw up a lot and one day you're successful. Like you have to learn from these things. And I don't know, like that was something I've like really taken to heart is just like, all right, that went bad. What can I learn from it? And that's been, it's been really helpful in keeping the momentum going forward. Um, and allowing me, uh, I wish I could quote somebody and tell you who said this. There's, um, I don't even know if it's like a Greek, story or whatever uh of just like sisyphus who pushes this boulder up a hill every single day and at the end of the day the boulder rolls back down to the bottom and sisyphus like goes back and pushes it up again the next day and it rolls back down and it's kind of this like it seems almost like self-defeating tale and what i heard on a podcast somebody like had a dream or something and they're like i had this dream about sisyphus he's pushing the boulder and blah 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 but we zoomed in and you could see he was smiling the whole time, like he loved it. He loved pushing the boulder up the hill every single day, and it was a gift for it to roll back to the bottom and get to do it again. And somebody that I would consider a mentor is guy named Bobby Kim. Uh, he's known as Bobby Hundreds. He's one of the founders of a clothing brand called The Hundreds. And he said, like, I just want to like be able to stay in the game. I just want to do well enough to just be able to keep playing the game every single day, and just keep, I'm just just a privilege to still be in business. And um, that attitude of gratitude has been something that really helped pull me out of kind of that dark spot, you know, and and really, I think is a big thing that helps me stay unstoppable.
0: Yeah, I think it's that that's so important. And I appreciate you sharing that. I want to uh, take a quick break, we're going to come back with uh, more from Brendan. And when we come back, We're going to talk about SEO because I know everybody listening wants to get more people to your website. You want to get more customers and and more clients, and we're going to talk about how to do that when, uh, when we come back. Hang on. You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, we're back with Brendan Hufford. And um, Brendan, let's talk a little bit about SEO and and about marketing. And um, I know folks listening um, probably all have websites and they probably all wish they were like first page, number one ranked for Google for whatever their particular golden keyword is. Um, but I know that SEO has evolved a lot over the last 10 years. And um, and I know a lot of the things that people assume about it, um, if they don't have a, a, a true deep understanding aren't necessarily true. So help, help educate us a little bit on uh, the way we ought to be thinking about SEO.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think SEO, if, you, if you're good at building relationships, you can be good at SEO. I think it's the, it's the place where being uh, really creative and interesting meshes with being really organized and really thoughtful. Um, the best way to think about SEO is, you know, I, I think the, we have to get past some myths first. Um, the first myth for, for better or worse, uh, and this is, again, something that I did back in 2010. We thought that if we used an SEO plugin on our website and we made the little lights green, um, that plugin for me was actually called WPSEO back in 2011. That was the plugin I was using. Uh, Yoast uses the same kind of, th- pretty much everybody does. Uh, where if you do the little things and you make the little light green, you've done SEO. Um, the problem is that most of their recommendations make for really bad content, like using your keyword in the first paragraph like that. No, that's like horrible copywriting. Why would you need to cram a keyword in the first par- What if your first paragraph is only one sentence? Um, things like that. Like, first of all, like plugins don't do anything for SEO. They do a lot of great stuff for websites. Um, they help you with sitemaps and do all these other kind of technical behind the scenes things but They're not going to ha- actually help you rank so you can stress out over all those little like minutiae things Um, and that's like really the biggest myth is that doing what a plugin tells you to do is going to help you to rank it won't uh, throughout all the studies that i've seen and all of my advice and I really put stake my career on this And wh- how I get results for clients is that it comes down to like the content on your website Is it really good for your audience? Um, and then like, do you have links from other related websites pointing to your blog pages, to your articles, uh, and to like your homepage, that's what matters the most, the content and the links. And that's a, the standout parts of Google's algorithm. And they, Google likes to say, well, like there's 200 different ranking factors. There are, but like, what if three of them are 98% of that ranking factor? And that's what we find over and over. Um, And when I tell people like, all right, it's content and it's things like that, they're like, all right, well, I I probably have to be a really good writer. You don't. That's the next kind of myth is like, you don't have to be a really great writer to do well in SEO. You just have to write how you speak um, and then edit it down and make sure that the way you're speaking about things is the same way that your ideal client, customer, uh, your ideal lead would talk about those sort of things. So you don't have to write, it's not, you know, we're not writing um, a book report on the Scarlet Letter in ninth grade English class. Like, you know, it's not, we're not doing a freshman uh, year book report here. It doesn't have to be that kind of grammar, but it does have to be the same way that your you know, good copywriting is writing about things in the same way that your audience does. And that helps for SEO as well, because that's the way way they talk about things or the ways that they're going to search for it. And then the, the last thing is the last kind of myth is just that you have to write a lot. They think it's about like blogging every day or blogging once a week or something. You know, I have, I have websites that make, you know, five figures a year and they have 10 articles on them. It's not about the, the quantity. It's about the quality, especially when it comes to search and the way that we assess quality is, does it actually match the intent of the search? Like if I'm searching for, you know, I don't know, blue running shoes. Like, what is the intent there? Do I want to know the history of blue running shoes? Do I want to know the history of um, blue ribbon shoes, which is like what Nike was before it was Nike? Like, do I, you know, what do I want? Well, I I probably want to buy blue running shoes. You know, I want to see like comparisons of them. You know, if I put in a, you know, Nike free blue running shoes, now it's really buyer specific. The intent changes. So matching your content and matching your service pages and all of these things to like the level of intent, I have a really, we could probably link it up in show notes, um, but I have a really helpful chart to help people map like what the intent is. And then based on their level of intent, like what they need to know, like, here's what they know now, what do they need to know? And what do you need to tell them to push them further, deeper into uh, and aware, like better awareness, better affinity and things like that. You don't always need to close them on the first kind of hit on your website, but what is, what do they need to know to move forward? Um, so we can share that with them. But yeah, I always think about intent being really the crux of the, once we get past the, myth, the myths, the the intent is really the crux of the conversation.
0: So as you're, as you're working with a business to sort of look at, at search intent, how do you begin breaking that down? I mean, I I guess it would be very different for different types of businesses, but, um, but there are probably some commonalities across all businesses. So for somebody listening, how would they begin thinking about it? Because it sounds like that's the place to start rather than sitting down with a blank screen going, what am I going to write about today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I always think about SEO uh, as a campaign right? Uh, All right, we're going to have a campaign. We want to have somebody who's in this kind of audience move all the way through and end up hiring us for for what we do. Um, So I think some commonalities are there's really four phases uh, that I outline for intent. There's people who are searching for things where they're problem aware is the first one, the highest level, uh, where they know they have problems But they don't even know what type of solutions are out there. These are people Googling like back pain or foot pain or, you know, I don't know. uh, Ceiling is leaking. Like they know it's so generic, but like they know they have problems, right? Um, Even things like, you know, like things like more how to get more leads, like they don't they don't know or like, you know, how to increase revenue. Like these are big problems and they don't know that a solution like yours exists. So if we're going to use that top of funnel and we're going to rank for that, those terms, which are great, we need to show them in the, they need to know that a solution like yours exists. And to sell them on that at that highest level, you just really have to show you get their pain. You have to show like, you know as they're reading it they should be screaming like wow get out of my head like you know exactly what I'm going through you know that like my sales team keeps telling me that the leads are garbage and you know that like the web dev team is complaining because the sales team is telling them they need better conversions and the web dev team is like we are converting like you know like or whatever like show that you know like all of the turmoil that's going on in their life because of this problem. And once you were their problem where we want to move them down, like at the end of that, they should know by showing you get their pain, they should know that a solution like yours exists. And now on the second level, so going from problem aware to solution aware, then they need to know that like your solution solves their pain. A lot of people try to cram all of this into like one article or into one sort of, you know, that can work on a sales page, But not always. Typically, if somebody's on a sales page for you or a services page or uh, any page that should convert, they're not going to be like super high level, right? They already know. Uh, This was something that a really great copywriter named Hillary Weiss pointed out to me when I was writing the sales page for my SEO for the rest of us course. You know, I was literally convincing people that SEO was a viable option, that it was important and you should pay attention to it. And she's like, Brendan, they're on your sales page they already trust you. You don't have to sell them on SEO. And I was like, oh, I should listen to my own advice. You're right, I don't have to, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I was up here in solution aware that like, they know SEO could, that exists and here's how it would solve their pain. They were actually a level lower. So we have product aware, or sorry, problem aware, solution aware, where we're just gonna show them how your solution works. Then into the third level deep is product aware where they know how your solution solves their pain, now we just have to show them it's the best one. They know that like, all right, cool, I'm gonna, you know, your product is gonna solve it better than anything else in my, in my case. Like, all right, I know, uh, I need an SEO course. Cool, well, why this one? You have to prove you're the best option. This is product aware. I love articles around case studies, where it's like, look, this is quantifiable proof that we're the best option. Of all the solutions similar to us, a case study is where you can show like we get actual results. And once they've done that, the bottom level is most aware, right? They know your solutions best for them. This is, they, we just need to seal the deal. They just need to know like how much does it cost? What is the next step? Do I book a demo? Do I uh, get a call with a salesperson? Do I just buy it right here if I'm ready? Um, so like moving people through that, like problem aware, solution aware and having articles that speak to each one of those. What if I had four or five articles that were problem aware that would then move people to another article that was solution aware, well now, now maybe they're ready to book a demo or maybe they want to read more. So they move into some, a case study and then from the case study, we take them to the contact page and having that really smart funnel built into your website also tell, shows search that like you really understand this audience. And it also like, you see like conversions go up on the website, all the business things. Like I, I think like SEO is my kind of chief marketing channel, but really what I end up doing with a lot of like clients and stuff. And even like kind of right now is it becomes almost more like business coaching where I want to like show you how this one marketing channel then fits into a really, really well built website that's fast and, and, you know, works well on mobile and all the things a website should be. Um, but really, one that gets you business results, not just keyword rankings, because those don't those don't pay the bills, you know.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of the things you and I have talked about recently, um, as you've helped us with with our SEO, is um, thinking in terms of of these content clusters or hubs, um, and it, it it's almost as if you know, you have a particular topic, you, you can fit in an article at each of the levels of awareness then around that topic. And now you've got a really kind of cohesive little unit of, of content to, to attract people at whatever level. So it makes it, a, I think, a really nice compact way to approach it.
1: Yeah, and the great thing about using uh, like that cluster content model is that once Google sees that one of them is doing really well, uh, or, or Google like encourage it like increases the rank for one of them. They all start to go up everything that's linked together We don't want to interlink our website to make it look like freaking Wikipedia where every fourth word is a link to some other page It's just confusing. It's a bad experience. We want to be really focused where we're sending people on our website but By interlinking all of those together, uh, especially around like one kind of core, like ultimate definitive guide on the topic, and then maybe from that definitive guide that's more problem aware, that covers the, the topic really high level, move them into something that's solution aware that's then linked to product aware that's then linked to most aware. And what's cool is like, if our big kind of problem aware article starts to do really well in search because we've built some links to it and it's getting some traction, it gets good click through rate in search, uh, the solution aware product where in most all the other articles in that kind of cluster and in that funnel then get higher rankings as well, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, it's sort of like a, a rising tide lifts all boats 100%. after a while as you get it in place. So I, I want to tie together where we started this conversation before the break with, um, what I know is true of SEO. Um, it's not necessarily something that produces immediate results. There's this period of time where you're creating some content and you're working on making the connections needed to build links that you're not seeing the results yet. And sometimes that can be hard to push through. Can you, you talk a little bit about how you have framed that and, and helped some of the, the clients you work with through that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so. A lot of, so I think a lot of SEOs um, have this like almost lazy attitude around SEO where it's like, well, it's going to take six months for us to know any six to 12 months. So, you know, we won't really know right away and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I I would rather not focus on time to results. And I would rather explain that as this is going to, this is six months worth of work. This is six months worth of commitment to a process. And when you have people that are committed to a process, and this is, I don't want you to think of this as like me with my clients, like think about this with like your team internally too. Um, If you're listening and you have a team, like this is how, like you have to commit with your team internally that you're going to commit to SEO for six months and you're going to build out a six month, six to 12 month plan of like, here's how we're going to pursue it versus just like. Oh, you need to be blogging. And then the next week, you know, th- we see this all the time with, with people we work with where like they have a marketing person who's like doing social and SEO and the blogging and they're running ads and they're doing like 20, but then they're also like in charge of like organizing the holiday part. Like I've literally <laughs> gotten emails where people are like, Oh, we didn't get a blog post up this week. because we had a big like party. What? <laughs> like, yeah, what? Right okay and it's like well you know yeah I know I have an MBA but like I got tasked with like putting together this uh, event oh wow weird uh that they that that's how they had you spend your hours this week um and I'm saying that to be silly but it's also true um and the thing is like making a commitment of like it, this is worth it um it but the work takes time the results do take time as well uh, and that's good because once you earn them it becomes a compounding effect that's what I love uh, it's not like if, you know, with so many other marketing channels, it's not always like if one does good, the next ones are going to keep doing better. You're building assets. So as one blog post picks up in Google and over time gets more and more traffic from search, well, you, you then are stacking kind of other articles on top of that. And it's really, really effective. Um, but the way that I found to work through those times is to always stay focused this is something we do at click with with, uh, web design is we always bring it back to like i know that's your preference but like what's best for the user is this based on our data based on this expertise and what i always kind of bring it back to with seo is like what's the goal of the project is this moving us closer to the goal or farther away if it's moving us closer to the goal then we need to do it and we need to stay with kind of the plan And as long as you understand how the goals of the project align with everybody else's goals, you have this in big businesses and even in small businesses with multiple stakeholders. Like you're going to have people with different goals. Well, I want this in the next six months. I want this in the next year. I need quarterly earnings to be up and I need to explain it this way. And we, we have a budget approved for this amount of time, like all these different things. It's easiest when you can speak to like how, what you're doing gets them what they want. This is this is sales 101, right? We're building the bridge between where they are now and where they want to be in the future and showing that we are the thing that gets them there. So I I don't know. I feel like everything is sales. Uh, Even after you've sold a client, you still continue selling them. Even after you've sold your internal team, you still need to continue selling them every single day, every single week and staying excited about what you're doing. Um, And that's where I found like the most traction in working with our clients.
0: Yeah, and I I imagine that you always are going to get those questions, particularly from from decision makers who are maybe a little bit, you know, distant from the actual work that's being done and, and maybe not fully understanding of it. So, I, I know we've only got a few minutes left, um, and I want to be respectful of your time. But in in the time that we have left, um, it, for someone who's sitting here thinking, okay, I need to grow my business, or you know 50 ways that i i've i've been told to do that um you know because i read you know 10 articles on the hubspot blog or something in the last yeah, week i know you know um it it can be really really confusing so um can can you kind of help them understand where seo sort of fits in 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 kind of the the bigger picture of marketing
1: yeah i mean first of all uh if that's where you are, like, I get where you're coming from. Cause that's where I am every dang day. Like I want to grow my Instagram following. I want to get more subscribers on YouTube. I want to get more views on my videos and more traffic to my website. And I, I want all of the things too. I want to, uh, you know, start my own private Facebook group for my ideal audience and and do all of that stuff. I want to start a podcast where I interview my dream 100. You know what I mean? Like I want to do all of these things too. Uh, it, it all has to be part of a bigger plan. And I think the biggest thing that helped me realize, stay focused in marketing for any period of time, because I'm somebody who's excitable and creative and wants to do all of the things. Uh, the thing that's helped me is just the idea that doing something now doesn't prevent me from doing something later. Like if I choose to do SEO now, it doesn't mean that I can't do Facebook ads later. If I'm gonna do Facebook ads now, it doesn't mean that I can't start a podcast later. Like you just need to do one thing and see it through and like set a baseline with a reasonable timeline of like, when will we assess this and when will we decide whether to like automate it, cut it off or like just continue or maybe extend the test, like have a timeline. Otherwise things just dwindle on forever. Right? So I think where SEO fits in a lot of this is like, I guess, it really depends on what your capabilities are now and what kind of business you have. We have so many people come to us for SEO and it's like, we could do it. We could probably do really well, but like what you really want right now, like based on what we just heard you say about your business and your goals and your internal team and everything is you you need like paid advertising. Like you need somebody and we do that too. Like we can help with that, but um, they don't need an SEO campaign right now. We need to get them enough revenue to fund an SEO campaign. So if we can help them with pay-per-click for the next six months and make them 20 grand, then paying us $5,000 a month for the six months after that, like we've already covered most of that. We've already paid for ourselves. And that would be like the smarter move business-wise and we want people to be sustainable. I don't want a client that like, I want clients that want to have the question answered, like what am I paying you for each month? Like I want to know the conversions and what that means in my business cause I can answer that question with SEO and I love that. But um, I also think that like, I, w- I don't want a client that's desperate or thinks that, you know, SEO is not the thing that to start that you think is going to save your business. It's not, if you're on the ropes, don't start an SEO campaign cause it, it's a lot of work over a long period of time it's worth it because it creates a strong foundation for your digital presence where like you're gonna, because you're doing SEO, you're going to do smart things. You're going to have, make your website faster. You're going to make it convert better. You're going to put this content on there. That's going to be valuable for social, for paid, for, you know, you can run ads to it, you know, all of these different things. Um, So I think it's definitely in the mix, but one of the things is I'm, as I've matured as a marketer uh, and, thought more about been more thoughtful about other marketing channels outside of SEO is, is just simply like how everything's the same across each of them, like understanding intent and understanding levels of awareness and what kind of media to make for them. Uh, it's been really valuable. Uh, obviously I'm still bullish that, uh, SEO is one of the strongest marketing channels. Um, but I don't know. I think like anything else, it just has to be in the mix, but it's not, not something to dabble in. You're not going to blog once a week for a year and, ha- and get any sort of traction in search. Like it is something to focus on. So I think if you want to do it, do it right. Um, invest in some training, get your team trained up or uh, you know, get yourself trained up enough that you know who to hire, whether that's a consultant, an agency, or hiring for somebody internal, uh, things like that. Um, I think that's probably the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, and and I appreciate you putting that in perspective for everybody because it's always, you know, for most business owners who aren't professional marketers, I think it's sometimes difficult to make decisions about what direction they should go in. And, um, you and I both know that at different stages of a business, different approaches are more appropriate. Than than others, and so it's it's always helpful. I think when we can educate people around that. So, I know you're uh, you're a busy guy. We're about out of time. I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. Um, so, where's the best place for them to to track you down online?
1: Yeah, I think two places. Uh, number one, because of my skill set, if you Google me, you'll find me. Uh, if I don't, I know that sounds silly, but uh, if you just Google me, you'll find me, Brendan Hufford. You could probably misspell it terribly. Uh, Google figure it out. There's, there's nobody else famous named Brendan Hufford. It's a unique name and I'm good at SEO. So I, I should show up. Uh, (laughs) I think second is, um, you know, my, really my central hub is my website, brendanhufford.com. That's a great spot. You can check out the uh, SEO for the rest of us newsletter there. Also, we kind of mentioned the hundred days of SEO project. If you're an audio person, which you're listening to a podcast, I'd highly recommend. checking out, just go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and look up 100 Days of SEO. You'll find the podcast there. Uh, That would be really, really valuable. If you're like, hey, I want to check out some videos too. uh, The videos are pretty entertaining. You can go on YouTube and just type in 100 Days of SEO and find those there. Uh, But then also finally, 100daysofseo.com is where we have the uh, 30-day free one ranking away SEO challenge, uh, which is a great place to you know, a great way to just automatically kind of get an email every single day. They all move in sequence. So leveraging all of my background as a teacher, not just to give you a 30 days of random tips, but like moving in sequence. So you'll start at the beginning of 30 days with some super basic stuff, move you all the way through over the course of 30 days. Uh, Again, one email per day and it's free. Uh, And really get you kind of just trained up so that you have a really good understanding of what's going to work in search and then how it's going to apply to your business. If you sign up for that challenge and you have questions of like specific stuff of like, hey, this is my business. How would this work for me? I love answering those specific emails. I can't really be helpful if you email me me and say like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about SEO. What should I do? I can't. That's too much. Um, but if you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm literally speaking about this one specific thing. Like if you emailed me and you're like, Hey, look, I'm writing an article, a solution aware article, uh, for this kind of business. Like, what would your thoughts be on that? Like I can be really helpful there. So you can go to hundred days check out that challenge. Um, and just kind of get those in your inbox. And I reply to all of my emails really quickly because it's a problem that I have. <laughs> uh, so you can just kind of reply to those emails and I'll, I'll answer you back.
0: Awesome. Well, Brendan, thanks for investing a little bit of time with me today. This has been fun. And uh, I know you've just got a wealth of resources out there. So uh, if you're thinking about SEO, go uh, go find Brendan on the web at uh, brendanhufford.com. We'll link all that up uh, along with the 100 days of SEO um, in the show notes. And, and you can find those with this episode on unstoppableceo.net. All right, man. Thanks for being here. Brendan Hufford, everyone. Thanks again.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Steve.
0: This episode of the unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the unstoppable agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done for you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting, and it's a fantastic fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you, and it's end-to-end a done-for-you system, and so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works, and if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net, right on the homepage, look for a link to the Video that explains how it all works.